Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, Today's topic is a deeper dive on how realtors view loan officers and how to develop a successful working relationship. My guest is Greg DiCristofero, and Greg has the perfect background. He started out at Keller Williams as a real estate agent for many years. He became a trainer for them nationally, and now he is at Homebridge as business development manager. Hi, Greg. Hello, Pat. Well, you have the perfect background to be impartial on what you're going to say. So I'm excited to talk to you because I think this is such an important topic. But I remember you talked to me about how you had a long career in real estate. Well, I've been in real estate since 1999. I never really left. I was actually selling for about eight or nine years. And I had a very, I wouldn't say that's a very long career, but it it was a very successful career. I was selling over 100 houses a year with my team, also brokered some really big real estate offices. One of the offices had over 450 agents in it. It's been a long career. You know, I've seen it from every angle, you know, both as a new agent, a top producing agent, a designated broker. I've owned a company. I was a coaching consultant, lead generation and technology director for the New England region of Keller Williams. So I've seen the real estate, you know, from pretty much every angle uh, that you could. So Greg, talk about what, as you're in your realtor days, what was your typical day like? How did you segment your day? It's funny. I was talking about this yesterday to someone. I was teaching a class on internet lead generation, not not my favorite subject, but I was talking about, you know, he asked me, what did I do when I was selling real estate? And I was like, well, not this. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't have this. <laughs> you know? uh, there was no internet. So my day was very different, but it was also very much the same. I mean, I would get up in the morning and I had to manually do a lot of the stuff that happens automatically now. So first thing I would do is I would hit the MLS. I would look at the saved searches that I had for my clients, rifle through them, find the right ones and send them out to my buyers. Then of course I'd make calls to my sellers, you know, the ones that needed their weekly update. And then it was lead generation time. And I used to actually have a a calendar on a piece of paper. I was very organized. I think the the main reason that I was able to be successful in real estate was because, you know, I knew I had to go out and find business. So I had this calendar and every day of the month, I knew what I was going to do that day, whether it was for sale by owners, expireds. I always called my sphere of influence every single day. Uh, I called my my, uh, network of business affiliates every single day. Obviously not all of them, you know, I had it broken up. So I made a few calls a day to each of those. And then it was just off to actually, you know, show houses, do your home inspections and things like that. So, I mean, it was different, but it was the same. Right. It just, it is a lot of lead conversion, a lot of lead conversion. Oh, how did I forget that, Pat? That was my, probably the biggest part of my day. I used to have this big binder and every lead that I had, had a sheet in that binder and I had a checklist every day. I did something different and I got to your page and I did whatever was next. I checked it off flipped the page to the next one, did what was ever on that page, flipped to the next one. So I had like a a manual version of the campaigns that we have now to stay in touch with our leads. Yeah, it is interesting, as you say, that in a lot of ways, it's certainly technology has changed it, but it is essentially the same effort that you're doing today, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing the same job. You're just doing it differently. You're just doing it differently. So you can still see who's going to be successful. Right. 
Right. So as an experience, reliving your realtor days, what did you look for a loan officer? And what do you think that realtors are looking for loan officers today? In other words, what is it different or is it the same or, or what, how would you compare that? that? I'm so glad you asked that because I get that question a lot from the loan officer. As you know, I, you know, I work with loan officers now and my job is, you know, help get them in better relationship with realtors. And they're like, well, what does a realtor want me to do? And I'm like, well, there's only one person who can answer that, the realtor. So for example, myself, I was a busy realtor and I had a loan officer that I trusted very much or he would not have been my loan officer. And I used to tell him, I don't need to know what you're doing. I don't need to know if things are changing. I don't really need to know anything unless there's a problem that you need me to know about. Unless he called me, I assumed everything was fine and I was good with that. Now, but by comparison, one of my best friends in real estate, high, high touch, she would get very, very upset if the loan officer changed, you know, changed the program or something uh, without telling her, she was very high touch. And, and what I recommend to all the loan officers is everybody is different. Everybody's going to work different. They're going to have a different level of comfort with you. And the only way to answer that question is when you have that initial consultation with the realtor, uh, maybe it's the first loan you're doing with them, or maybe you're sitting down and you guys are planning on working together for one reason or another. One of the first questions you need to ask is, how do you want me to communicate with you? Do you like email? Do you like text? Do you like phone? Do you want to know every little thing that's going on? Do you want to know it only if it's blowing up? Do you want to know somewhere in between? You tell me, and then I'll make it work. And then it's up to that loan officer to make it work. In a lot of ways, it really hasn't changed. No, I don't think it's changed at all. Like I said, the tools we use have changed, but sure. but everything's the same. It really is. Right. So when you think back and, and looking again to when you were a top producing real estate agent and, and now what you see in the real estate agent world, I mean, how many loan officers did you have and that you did business with? And, and what do you see? Is that any different today than what it was before? No, it, it really is not. And again, it's going to depend on the agent. I know some realtors realtors that that just they don't care who the loan officer is and i think that's insane however it's how some of them are they don't care others uh like myself i had one that i would try to use as often as i could because i just had a hundred percent faith in him and his product and everything that he did however i also had one for at the time i was in rhode island i had one for rhode island housing that wasn't his thing. He knew it and I knew it. So I had one for that. I also had another one for the, the renovation loans. I had another one for VA and that's it. That, that, those are my loan officers. I had four. Now, every now and then I, I, you know, I, once in a while I'd have to give, you know, some business to somebody else. But for the most part, I focused on those four people, but I really had one true partner. That's interesting. And do you yeah. see that's the same today that that's really, yeah, I do. In my job, I'm lucky I get to work with the top producers. My job is not to I spend most of my time with top producing realtors. And I know their business very, very well because it's part of what I do for a living is, is consult with them. Basically, what I find is they all have that one partner that they really trust. But like me, they had specialists for other things. So what would cause you when you were a realtor to actually move on from a loan officer what were the what were the types of events or how how would that all happen so like you know are you asking like um you know the, the loan officer that i had if i had to move on from him to someone else like if yes. i was parting ways with him oh yes uh very you know he, i hate to well let me i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be blunt and just say it 
eventually with time what a lot of people do they, they just get so used to you and you're giving them you know you're giving them the best leads and you're giving them the best loans and then that one that's kind of hanging on that gets the you know the, the the lead that you don't really know or that really hard closing you know there's two different levels of leads out there and, and your guy your main guy knows that you're getting those leads when i see the main guy getting lazy with those leads and not even trying with something that's slightly difficult and i have to give that to my let's say my backup guy you know what i mean the one the mm -hmm. one that you know the one that's just chasing me for business and i'm like here just leave me alone take this lead and, and then all of a sudden he turns it into something i'm paying attention to that you know like because what you just told me is like you know my, my guy's name let's just say that his name was let's just say that his name was pat okay and Pat said to me, yeah, this is going to be a hard one, Greg. I don't think we can get this one done. So I said, okay, let me go give it to Scott. Scott, here, see what you can do with this, right? Because Scott's always kind of there. He's always around, right? So here, Scott, see what you can do with this. And all of a sudden, Scott brings me a qualified buyer. Well, I need to start paying more attention to Scott. So as these things are happening, I'm finding that, you know, this this loan officer is starting to get a little a little too comfortable, not hungry enough. And, and I will, I will, and I have made that change. Yeah, that makes sense. And so let's talk about now reliving currently what you're doing and also your realtor days is how can a loan officer get the attention of a realtor? Scott was always around, okay? In other words, look, you know, when I teach realtors, I teach them that you have to be consistent and you have to get top of mind, right? That That's what I teach a realtor. Consistently be in touch with people so that when they think of real estate, they think of you. The same thing holds true for a lender. So in order for me to, for let's just say Scott, to become my number two, right? My backup guy, let's call him, right? Uh -huh. He has got to accept the fact that he's gonna get the garbage leads at first, but that's a great opportunity for him because he can turn that into business and he can turn himself into the number one. In order to be my that number two person, really, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I ever made a conscious decision to say Scott's my number two. Okay, it's just that when I said, "All right, well, you know, Pat said that he couldn't do this one, so who should I give it to?" I'll give it to Scott because Scott was the first one that came to mind. Scott was always in the office. Now, this is remember at the time we were, we, you know, we worked in our office quite a bit more. He was in the office. He he was, you know, always on the phone with me. He called me once a week to say, hey, you know, if you need anybody pre-qualified, I know you have a guy, but if you need anybody pre-qualified, let me know. He was always there, you know, and, and honestly, my, you know, this is exactly how my top guy got to be my top guy. He was like my number two. He was just that guy who was always there. He invited me to, to golf leagues that he organized himself. I wasn't even a golfer, but we had so much fun. We went. What else? I mean, he was at every event. He sponsored stuff for us. He was just always there. And when he started to get his shot, he really started to impress me. And my previous number one just eventually just fell off. You know, he just took over. So from really, Greg, talking about what you're currently doing and as when you were a former realtor, talk about this issue of a loan officer talking about products and interest rates. Did that really ever hit home or is that basically not an effective lead in? That's a tough one. For me, no, I, I didn't care. Because again, I, you know, I, my famous expression when I was in real estate was stay in your lane. You know, because I had I was watching some realtors try to be web developers, other ones wanted to be loan officers, other ones were home inspectors. They were doing everything but selling real estate. Stay in your lane. Okay. So in other words, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the financial piece of this and I'm gonna give it to Pat. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna worry about it. However, 
However, there are programs that I will that I would need to know about. Like the first time I heard about uh, renovation, I was like, I was listening. I never heard of it before. And I was like, I don't want to know the details of it. I just want to know that that product is out there because it's just another tool in my belt. So don't be afraid to tell them about the program. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Number one, don't over explain it. And number two, stay away from industry jargon. We don't know what you're talking about. Okay, my, my boss always, when he introduces me to a new loan officer, he says, this is Greg. Greg speaks realtor. Let him talk to the realtors. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you use terms that you think make total sense. And, and I'm like, no, I don't know. What, I don't know what you're talking about. You know? Yeah, that's funny that you say that. And so talk about the issue about conveying knowledge and trustworthiness. Obviously, that's really what you're talking about. And you're defining it as just being consistently there. Is there anything else that you would add to that? Yeah, don't lie to people. Don't say yes when it's a maybe. <laughs> Right. Don't say no when it's a possibly, you know what I mean? Uh, don't do that. Be be upfront. You know, the way I sell, the way I train, the way I do pretty much everything is to be really upfront with it. And I would appreciate it if my partners were doing the same thing. So, you, you number one, I never, ever, ever want to hear from one of my clients. Hey, Pat hasn't called me back. That is automatic jail for me. I will take the, the one or two times I remember my guy doing that where he was like you know busy or he went away and didn't tell anybody i didn't give him any i didn't give him any leads for like a month he, he got the lesson you know he, he he got the message he definitely got the message so don't make people wait see here's the thing i have this pet peeve pat and i'm betting you do as well mm -hmm. when there's a problem confront it because the longer you wait and the longer you hide from it and the longer you don't get the right people involved and get it resolved the worse the problem becomes in our industry, there are a lot of people, both on the real estate and the lender side, who when there's a problem, they try to, they go dark. Instead of instead of hitting it head on, they just go dark and it just makes it so much worse. So as long as you're, you know, following those basic rules, and like I said, you're always there, we're gonna be fine. Yeah, that's a great point that you're making. I think time works against you if you ignore something for sure. Really good point. So in the old days, we didn't have, ratings of loan officers. We just probably had word of mouth, but do you see realtors actually reading the ratings that are in loan officers before they decide to do business? Do you see any of that? I hear some talking about it, but I see it more from the clients, from the customers than I do from the realtors. That's a great question. I don't know of any that actually do that Geez, I wonder why not. <laughs> no, I no, I don't know why not. I, I guess, yeah, I don't know any who do it. No, I don't. No, I, I haven't seen any either. But, uh, you know, you certainly see a lot of mortgage companies emphasizing social surveys or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an interesting question to see do realtors actually look at them. I haven't yeah. come across any realtors that do. <laughs> so. No, but the customers do. Yeah, the customers you know, do. When when you're on Zillow, when they're on, you know, just use Zillow as an example, you know, that review, that rating sits right. very, looms very large, you know, because if there's three of you uh, stacked up there and one of them has five stars, one has four and three quarters, and one has, you know, three, uh, really, other than that, the other two are in trouble. It doesn't matter how close behind the other two are, they're in trouble, you know? Right. So, yeah, good point for sure. It is important. 
It is much as I don't want it to be. It's important. Yes, in today's world. But I just was curious about the realtor side of it. Do they actually care what Not the? No, that's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start asking around more about that because now you have me curious. <laughs> well, I haven't found anybody that they did, so, but I'd love to hear if, if you find something different. Yeah, Talk yeah. about this issue of pre-approvals. One of the things that I've found from talking to other realtors, they talk about that a couple things regarding pre-approvals. A, they say that they don't really see that many. And when they see a, a borrower potential that comes to them, a client that comes to them with a pre-approval, mm -hmm. that unless it's somebody that's related to them at the borrower side of it, that they really try to steer them to their number one guy or whoever they're mm -hmm. using because they know that one works. Pre-approvals, it's interesting that when you really listen to realtors, they say they don't really see that many borrowers with them. I do see a lot of pre-approvals out there. You know, you know, people, I mean, you can just go online and get pre-approved quote. I'm, I'm using air quotes. You can't see me right now, but I'm using the air sure. quotes. You go and get pre-approved in, in, you know, five minutes online and walk around with, with uh, you know, basically something that's not even worth the piece of paper that it's printed on. So realtors don't put a lot of stock in the pre-approval unless the pre-approval came from a loan officer that they know and trust. My thing has always been this. This is one of those areas right now where I'm kind of like walking that tightrope, you know, where I've been a realtor and now I'm on the mortgage side. And my theory has always been this. I want a second set of eyes on it. So let's just say you come to me, you're, you know, you're a buyer, you come to me with, with a pre-qualification or a pre-approval. -appro pre and lenders ask me this question all the time. What, what you know, how do I, you know, what, what can the realtor say to, to kind of, you know, bring me into the picture? And I, I always tell them this. I give them examples and I tell them, listen, here's the thing. I would, this is a great pre-approval. I'm looking forward to meeting so-and-so and working with him, but I'd like to ask you to do me one huge favor. I'd like you to have someone else have a look at this. I have a person who I know and I work with quite a bit who is more than happy to just be a second set of eyes to just see if there's anything missing, if there's anything that seems odd or out of place. Now, you don't have to do business with Pat. But obviously, Pat's gonna call you and give you give you a rate, uh, give you you know an, an amount and a rate. You don't have to use them, but hey, you never know; it might be lower, and you may like them. And this way, we have two sets of eyes on it. We know if there's a problem, we're gonna know it early, not two days before closing. That raises the next question: the famous closing issue. How many chances would you give a loan officer if mm. the closing is missed? Is that the two. dead end? Yeah, two. That's it. Two. Yeah. I'm gonna give you two shots. I'm gonna give you two shots at it. Well, it depends. Well, first of all, okay, hold on. I, I should. It, two is my rule, and it always has been. If it's the LO's fault, or if it's the LO's company's fault. In mm -hmm. other words, there are times where something doesn't close because somebody says, "Oh, I forgot to mention that bankruptcy," or "Oh, I didn't know I couldn't go buy a car three days before closing." Okay, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna. Obviously, that's not gonna work against my LO. If it's something that somebody should have caught, like something that's on the credit report, for example, or something that they should have seen from those bank statements. I remember one that comes to mind. Person was paying the IRS $500 a month, you know, paying back taxes. And right on the taxes, it showed, you know, a check every month to the IRS and the loan officer didn't catch it. It was just one of those situations where when you see a check going to the IRS three different times on three different bank statements with the same amount, probably should have raised a, raised a flag somewhere. And, you know, that one kind of counted against that loan officer, you know. So if you mess up, listen, I'll give anybody a second chance. But when it comes to my income, I'm probably not going to give you a third chance. 
Right. And so talk about what opportunities do you see, since you've been on both sides, that loan officers are not pursuing currently? Opportunities in what regard? Well, from the standpoint of a way to increase the number of realtors that they deal with to penetrate the top realtors, what opportunities do you see that loan officers really aren't taking advantage of? You know what most loan officers are not doing that they should do is picking up their phone once a week and saying, do you have anybody that you need pre-qualified? The, the, the LOs that I work with, I tell them, you know, you call, you, you make your, your target list of realtors, you know, be it 10 people, 25 people, but they're targeted. These are people that are actually doing business. And let's just say it's 20, let's say it's 20 people. I'm going to call 10 of them on Friday and say, hey, I'm working this weekend. If you need anybody pre-qualified, let me know. And if, and if they don't answer the phone, I'm just going to leave it in a message because I'm just trying to get that top of mind. I'm going to call the other half on Monday and say, hey, did you have anybody that you met over the weekend that you might need some help getting qualified? You know, so that's the first thing. The second thing, you know, it's getting, well, again, it's hard right now because, you know, I don't want to like, you know, date stamp this, but, you know, we're in the COVID, we're in the days of COVID right now. So it's kind of hard to get those face-to-face appointments with right now, you know, so it's a little difficult. But generally speaking, I don't think people are doing enough of that. Again, this is just like between the realtor and the client. This is a relationship business. Mm -hmm. So the more you can talk to that person, even if it's just, see, here's the thing, that weekly call that everybody rolls their eyes when I tell them that they should do it. (laughs) There's a couple of things to that. First and foremost, you are letting that realtor know, like, I am all serious about my business. And I know, you know, I'm calling you every week and that's why I'm doing it, right? It's a it's a very strong statement to that realtor about your commitment to that business with that person. And secondly, deep down that realtor knows he should be doing something real similar. You know, people kind of like to be working with people who are doing the things that they know they should be doing themselves. So that phone call is really important. Uh, getting out there, having lunch, cup of coffee you know i used to go to coffee coffee with loan lenders all the time because mm-hmm. you learn you learn i would learn about programs again not i didn't want to know the details of them i wanted as many tools in my toolkit as i could get you know that that's all i really cared about what about today's world of social media and most a lot of realtors aren't in the office anymore even before covid and it doesn't yeah. look like that's going to change so what do you see going on with the world of social media and what do you suggest works from your viewpoint helping loan officers get to know people that they they may not you know have the ability to go out and have lunch with you know i i intentionally didn't talk about social media during that last question because i don't believe that meeting people on social media necessarily is going to get you into a relationship so that's why i'm very you know bare bones when it comes to my lead generation, you know, it's, it's make those phone calls, it's try to get out there with them. So here's the thing though, there is a place for social media to me. And, and it is, again, if I have these people that I'm targeting and I can get myself into enough of a relationship that we know each other, I wanna jump in on what they're saying on social media. I might just make a special point when they post a picture, you know, to like it, to make a comment about how, you know, how cute the kid is or something like that and, and try to grow it that way. I am not one of those people who's going to sit here and say, you need to have a social media strategy. You need to have, you know, you need to have, uh, you know, X amount of dollars that you're spending on, on, on getting leads on the, you know, social media. I believe social media should be used for exactly what it says, social. 
Okay, you know, uh, get into conversations with people. If I know Greg DiCristofaro is a really good realtor and we're friends on Facebook and Greg posts a picture of his granddaughter, I'm going to comment on that picture. And the next time I see Greg, it's kind of up to me to say, how's that granddaughter of yours doing? Is that your first one? You know what I'm saying? So that's how I would use social media if I was still actively trying to, you know, develop business in that regard. So what is your thoughts on, as far as the trend line, when I look at the research of what realtors are doing, the better realtors, the top realtors, they are doing live streaming, podcasting, they're doing all those types of activities. Is that just isolated or is that something that you think is going to be like more and more important? I think a good realtor is going to be good whether they're doing that or not, but because they're good, they're doing that. You see what I'm saying? So another, I think that I think that they're good and that's why they're doing it. I don't think that they're good because they're doing it. See, a, a good realtor has a lot of confidence and they have no problem going on and doing a live stream and saying, all right, come at me, give me your questions. So I think that that is an activity that that you'll see the, the good ones doing. And it works. Don't get right. me wrong. See, remember, you know, what I'm talking about when I talk about social media, I'm talking about you just getting into a better relationship with realtors. For a realtor and for a lender, if you want to go and use the social media to get loans, that's a completely different conversation now. Now you have to put yourself in front of people as often as you can, and you have to come across as the expert. So doing things like live streaming, but I, I like video. If I'm going to do anything on social media, I'm doing video. So I, I'm a big proponent of that stuff. As long as you know what you're talking about. Sure. See, I'm not a big fan of people driving down the street in their car talking about, you know, just whatever comes to mind. You have to kind of, I believe, uh, if you're going to do the, in that regard, keep it professional and keep it on point. Yeah, we don't want to hear what they had for lunch. I, I'm with right, you on that exactly. one. I, I mean, it. it's fun. Look, if you're doing it socially, great. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, right. But, you know, like I I, I like, um, you know, uh, if I'm going to watch something like that, you know, you have to have a subject. You have to be easy to understand. And I, I here's the thing. I have to be interested in that subject. Right. Yeah. Good point yeah. for sure. That's the hard part. That's the hard part is, you know, what are people interested in? You know? Right. Right. Know your audience. Yeah, for sure. So, Craig, talk about the topic that I think is really kind of key. What is it you think that loan officers don't really realize about realtors? In other words, what is it that they should know, but they don't? Wow, that's a that's a, a great question. I think the first thing that lo loan officers, here's what I've learned, okay? I have learned that loan officers and realtors have so much in common that it's almost scary. And I have learned that, you know, I hear loan officers complaining about realtors and I hear realtors complaining about loan officers and they have the exact same complaints about each other. And what a loan officer needs to realize about a realtor is this. It's just like the loan officers. There's good ones. There's not so good ones. There's very professional ones. There's not so professional ones. You can't, uh, you know, group them. Okay. You know, I see people talk about like a certain office. Oh, all those realtors are blah, blah, blah. You know, they're, they're, they're unprofessional. They, they don't communicate. You know, it's probably not every realtor in that office. It's probably just the one or two that you dealt with. But other than that, other than the fact that, you know, there are good and bad, you know, just like on the loan side, I would have to say the biggest thing is realtors are, ve okay, very couple of things. First of all, realtors are very possessive of their client. 
realtors, when we go through our training, we're taught like, listen, we are not in a customer relationship. We're in a client relationship. We have, we have signed agency. We have to look out for their best interest. By law, we have to. And it gets very difficult sometimes when a lender comes in and basically starts giving real estate advice, <laughs> you know, which happens. And I'm sure it happens, you know, the other way too. So the bottom line is when, when the realtor is in that, that agency relationship, they guard that relationship very, very carefully. So one of the worst things you can do as a lender is to kind of try to wedge yourself into that agency relationship. I would think that's probably the biggest thing I would want people to know. Wow, that's a good point for sure. Well, here's our last question. Is there any any other comments that you would like to make on it on what you think are the secrets to increasing the number of realtors that the loan officer has? Yeah, I mean, it's not there's really no secret to it. See, this is the thing. I can be when I go and do a presentation on stuff like this, at the beginning when I start talking about it, you know, they're like, "Oh god, he's just saying stuff I already know." I'm like, "Yeah, but this, this is stuff that works." Right. Like, in other words, you know, I, I'd love to sit there and tell you that there's some special seminar that you can do, you know, some special streaming event that you can do. There's a magic word that you can say. The fact of the matter is the, the loan officers that are the busiest are the ones that get out there and talk to people. We are in a face-to-face -face business. Right now, it might be a voice-to-voice -voice business, but, you know, it, it's really all about building relationships. And, and you know what? You got to be patient. You have to be patient. You're not going to, you know, you meet a great realtor, you know, you have an excellent relationship and all of a sudden they don't give you any business and you just go moving on. It's not going to work like that. They already have a relationship and you kind of have to wait your turn. You can, you can inject yourself into it. Like I was saying earlier with my Scott example, right? You know, where, where, you know, like I'm going to have that B loan, you know, that I'm going to say, Hey, Scott, you know, take this, you know, see what you can do with it. And that's a great opportunity for you. But really, it's a matter of just, just getting out there and talking to people and please target who you're talking to. There are a lot of people out there who look very successful and who look very polished and whatnot. And, you know, you're like, I don't get it. You know, I mean, it's such a good relationship with them. I take them to lunch. I take them to dinner. We go to the ball game, blah, blah, blah. I'm just not getting any business from them. And then I go and pull their numbers. I'm like, well, that's because they're only doing three deals a year. So, you know, make sure that you're targeting. I see so many loan officers spending time targeting realtors that, that aren't doing any business. And it doesn't matter how good of a relationship you and that realtor have, if they're not doing business, you're not going to get any business from them because the, the little bit of business that they do do, they don't have the confidence to drive them, you know, to drive them your way. Right. That's such an excellent yeah. point. A friend of mine who is a realtor said that 90% of the realtors are part-timers and there's only 10% that are actually full-time right. people. And sure I feels that. Yeah, and I thought that was such an excellent point. Well, Greg, I want to thank you for sharing all your wisdom. It really was uh, fascinating and certainly very tactical. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks so much, Greg. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you were terrific. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.